Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice podcast. It is so great to be with you. I'm Dr. Fujian Zain. I'm a psychotherapist, author, and the originator of the awareness integration theory. Our heartfelt chat is about what matters most in our life, our minds, our thoughts, feelings, actions, relationships, and our fulfillment in this beautiful journey of life. I wanted to share with you uh, Food on Up, which has just launched, and I am excited to share the Food on App with you. Uh, just go to uh, wherever you get your apps, whether it's uh, Google or app stores, and get Food on App. F-O-O-J-A-N, um, this app will take you through the whole journey of awareness integration to all of the six phases, looking at today and becoming aware of your thought process, emotional process, behaviors, in different relationships. You look at the cleaning up the past and creating and envisioning what you want, the goals for the future. This is all set up for you. And you can get uh, to do this process in different areas of your life, whether it's in a relationship with yourself or it is in an intimate relationship, finances, career, you know, all the things that we have to deal with throughout life. So get it. Bujan app. I promise you it's going to be life-changing for you. We've done a lot of research in different universities and we're really creating astonishing results based on working through this process um, in minimizing depression and anxiety, raising self-esteem and self-efficacy and, and self-confidence. So I'm positive you're going to enjoy it. Fujian Ah. Now in this episode, I get to chat with Megan Onan. She is an award-winning author, a keynote speaker, and a vulnerable storytelling expert. Um, and she is um, an author of the award-winning books, Creating Your Heaven on Earth. And another book is Courage, Agreeing to Disagree is Not Enough. And um, she has uh, shared the stage with inspirational speakers, such as Don Miguel Ruiz, author of the best-selling book, The Four Agreements. And Megan has appeared multiple times in local and national media. Now, most fascinating, she's received personal praise from Desmond Tutu for her splendid work for God and God's children. Megan is also a member of the Forbes Coaches Council, where she produces regular content um, and uh, for Forbes.com. And you could definitely connect with her at Megan Onan. Uh, dot com m-e-a-g-a-n-o-m-a-n dot com today we're going to be talking about her amazing book held and free coming out of your story and it's a uh, we had an amazing conversation soft beautiful vulnerable and powerful conversation i really really enjoyed this conversation as i hope and think that you will also do. Now subscribe to my podcast, my YouTube channel, and connect with me through my website, fujanzain.com or any of my social media. And um, just know that I love to hear from you. So connect with me. Now, without further ado, here's Megan on it.
Well, hello, Megan. Megan Onan, it's so nice to have you with us and in our show. It's very nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, your latest book, Held mm -hmm. and Free, coming out of your story. Um, it's about vulnerability and how to share. And so the first question mm -hmm. that comes up for me and for many people I spoke with, um, why is it so hard to be vulnerable? That's a really good question. And I think there's a lot of answers to that. I think for a lot of people, it's the fear of not being seen. It's the fear of not being um, heard. It's the you know fear of being misunderstood. And I know for me in my story, my book is all around my story of coming out and being a, a gay woman in Mississippi and kind of the the traumatic events that I went through and being completely dismissed by my spiritual community and um, just having a really hard time with the culture here. I know that when I sat down to have conversations with people after I was outed, that was the thing that was very, very apparent was people just saw me as a gay woman. They didn't see me as a person anymore. I was like suddenly just a label. And so that's when it really hit home for me. This was 20 years ago that, you know, why people don't want to be vulnerable. It's just that when you're vulnerable, it's, it's just that, that fear of people not being able to see who you are anymore and not being able to, to look deep into your experience and, and actually um, understand you in a way. So I understand the fear of not wanting to be vulnerable, not wanting to share who you are. And I, I think that's a lot of the reason why people don't like to be vulnerable is just scared of being rejected. The part that also comes up for me in addition to what you said is there's this innate construct of, okay, what if I'm judged and then there's, and I'm alone in, in that space because mm -hmm. I think there is a reality that we're not going to expect the whole world is going to like us the way we are. Right. Yeah, totally. You know, but there's always this fear of what if I'm judged and I'm kind of like thrown out of the herd community at completely. And there, and then there's not an idea that I will be accepted in another community. It's more like I'll be alone. And I know um, from a survival perspective, Obviously, if we were part of a herd and we were living in a jungle and, you know, they kind of like rejected us, that um, the possibility of our survival would be minimal. Uh, <laughs> there are not a lot of different herds that I can just kind of like connect to. And I think part of that has stayed with us. So the fear of being rejected from the community becomes such a survival game for us yeah. that we'll fight in, in any format to put on a facade as a as a protective shield and not bring that part of us out and then yet internally um it destroys us when we have to hold on. something yeah. yeah and you know then it shame and guilt and all of that shows up right can you share how it was for you um personally knowing who you are um honor honoring yourself but somehow um, you were not being honored from the external world and how you needed to to be with that. Yeah, I, I very much went into my shell. I, I certainly went to my pen and paper. That was a big part of my own personal transformation was 
writing and turning to my spirituality. And for a long time, I knew I was very different spiritually than most people, but being in the South, the context, the context was always Christianity. And I knew I didn't fit into that box, but I didn't know where I fit because I didn't have any other role models. And so a lot of my life, I felt different already, but I kind of found this resonance with this part of me, this bigger part of me that I knew was there and I knew it was accessible and I knew it didn't have labels that I was able to connect to after this experience of completely being feeling rejected by my community, um, friends, um, just everyone around me. I felt very alone, exactly what you were talking about. And so diving into that space and turning to what was going on within me is really what got me through those initial years because I didn't really have any role models to talk to spiritually or as an LGBTQ person who had made it through what I was about to go through, who could share with me, Hey, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay on the other side of this. And so it was a lot of me digging into my internal world. I went to therapy started talking to a counselor. I was able to express my emotions. I, I think most of the time I just sit on our couch and cry <laughs> because that's, that's what I needed. I needed to process what I was feeling. And so I did have her, I had that support. And so those first few years are really tough. And I eventually decided to leave Mississippi and go find myself and find other ways of thinking and other ways of being in the world so that I could start to be okay with who I was. And that was a big, big, big healing adventure for me was to just go on this journey of being away from the pressure of family, the pressure of society, the pressure of culture here, so that I could identify who I was and find a way to start being okay with that. And so that was another part of my discovery um, and my process of trying not to feel so alone and so lonely the way I was feeling when I first came out. And so that's, that's those, you know, those first formative years after all of that happened, that's really how I dealt with it. So when you find yourself, what is that experience like? I think it's an ongoing experience. You know, I, I, it's not something that you just, I think it just gets easier as you age and as you have other experiences and you grow and, I, I was gone from Mississippi for six or seven years. When I finally got to the point, I realized that if I didn't come back home and face the hard conversations and be in the culture and find a way to be okay with myself within the culture, that I wasn't going to heal fully. I wasn't going to love myself fully. So for me in my journey, I chose to come back and challenge myself personally to really be okay with who I was. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's what everybody needs to do. This is just what I needed to do for me. And so when we first got back to Mississippi, this was 2010, it was hard for me to, to be out and proud. I, I hid my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now from our landlord. Cause I didn't want him to know I was living with a woman you know, I was so, I had so much shame around who I was. And I thought I was in this really good place, right? I'm going to go back to Mississippi and be this trailblazer. And when we got here, it was like, no, I'm not ready for this. And it was really difficult. And it was years of me working on myself consciously 
and really working up the courage to be who I am. And so it's just been this ongoing journey of just challenging myself to be even more authentic, even more vulnerable, even more authentic, even more vulnerable. And after just, it's been almost 13 years since I came back, I'm at a place now where, you know, we have, I'm married, I have a four-year-old daughter and I'm just in this place of, of wholeness and fulfillment. Hard stuff still happens. I'm not saying that life isn't difficult, but it is difficult and challenging, but I have built this foundation within myself that has helped me know that I can get through anything. Like I, whatever comes my way, I know I can, I know I'll get through it. It does not matter what it is. And I think that's ultimately what I wanted was that inner peace within myself that was strong enough to sustain whatever life was going to throw at me. And that's what I've been working on and cultivating over the years. And so, yeah, I think it's, I, I know I'll be challenged further and I'll grow further, but um, I think it's just that, that intention over the years of just really actively paying attention to what I need and how I need to speak my truth when it's necessary. And that's been a big part of, of really being okay with who I am. Megan, isn't that speaking the truth also needed to be a right for you internally before you could find the strength to come what back? Like I, like, for example, for me, as you were sharing, this showed up, which is sometimes, um, like I work with, with clients who, uh, from the LGBTQ and they're like, you know what? I'm going to hide because I don't want to change um I have to I can't change my society so I'm just gonna hide yeah sure you know and sometimes I share with them it's like well it's almost like you don't give yourself the right to be yeah we are yeah I love that when you were sharing I was like well coming to ourselves it's another piece of uh, me having the right to be who I am not yeah. only I don't have the right to be but there's a split in me and then the society, I don't want the society to see a part of me um, because if the society is going to have um, some sort of a judgment, then I will hold their shame um, and then, exactly. right, and then attack it to myself, attach it to myself because that's that's what the society wants me to because they want me to change and be just like them. And then I lose the right that, no, I... I'm I am who I am and it's not that I'm different I am who I am yeah but I have the right to be and exactly. not the same as you then you know you deal with it I'm, I'm dealing with mine and I think there's a there's a strength that comes with that piece of I'm okay with who I am and that's what I was hearing yes. when you said you mm. know I had to find myself yeah and then that when that happens it's when the next level of i think the integration happens which is i'm going to now go to the society and have the strength that okay it's going to come at me it's going to come at me and i'm going to hold space and say exactly i am who i am i love that beautifully said yeah well your book um is called held and uh fear um, this is the book coming out of your story by Megan Ona. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. and when you talk about held, what do you, why that, why held? And then what, you know, and the fear. Um, so 
it's held in free. And so held is, um, I've always had this perspective that I am being spiritually, I would say held. I, I believe things happen for me and not to me. And I've always had this perspective, even as a kid, I just believe there was something more than just myself, you know, and I've always felt very held by that. And I feel very lucky that I have that. And I write about it in my book and I talk about not really fitting in. I was, I was raised Catholic and not really fitting in to under, I didn't really understand why the church was the way it was, meaning how come only men could be in leadership and why are we talking about sin and what does that mean? And so I was always questioning things with my parents and my mom never really knew how to answer me. I was, I was the deepest probably of her th three children. I asked the really hard questions, but what I do remember is that when I would come to her and say, Hey mom, I'm scared. You know, I was just scared of the infiniteness and the, you know, the, unknown and all of the unanswered questions that I had and she would just hold me and she would make me feel so safe. She wouldn't have the answers, but I knew she loved me and she held me and she made me feel safe. And so now that I have a daughter, you know, that's the kind of mom I want to be is I, I want her to feel held because I felt held as a kid, even though I wasn't understood. And I've carried that experience of my mom forward into my life, really, truly believing that I am being held and that everything that's happening outside of me is, is here for me in some way. And so I've tried really hard not to be, have a victim mindset when I look at situations and tried really hard not to point the finger and blame other people and tell people they're right or they're wrong, because it's, you know, that's what I've experienced so much of, and I don't want to give that back to the world. And so that's what I mean when I say held is just, you know, that, that layer, that feeling of believing and really having faith in the process of life, that it's in my best interest, no matter what happens. Um, but also as a mom, it's a really important thing for me to give my daughters for her to feel held the way I did when I was a kid. And then the, um, the free part is, you know, I, I like the kind of like the contrast it's being held, but also being free, you know, being free to choose, being free to be who you are, being free to share your story, being free to go out into the world, however you want to be, or however you want to present it. Freedom, inner freedom is something I think we all really just want is to, to, you kind of spoke about it a minute ago, is being able to be yourself and be okay with any other opinion that comes at you. Um, so that's what I, I, I like the contrast of both of those things. And they both have been very important to me in my life and everything I've done. And, and again, it's what I want to give my daughter. I want her to always feel held and free. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put her in a box. I don't want to label her. I want her to just know I'm here for her, but also be free to be who she is, whoever that is. So as you share your story with the world and you support the other people to share their vulnerable story, um, what do you suggest for people to go through as, um, you know, they want to share with the world the part of them that feels vulnerable? It's a really good question. I get asked this a lot. And I think it's different for everybody. And it's important that 
if you're thinking about sharing your story that you really ask yourself what you're ready for. Um, I began by journaling, you know, and sharing my stories with myself. Then I started talking to a therapist in a safe space. And I think that's a really good place for people to start is just process your stories with yourself, process your stories in a journal or record yourself or video yourself, or just say them, just say them out loud. So they're not embedded in your being because they come, when they come out, there's some kind of healing process that happens. And I'm a huge, um, advocate for, for therapy or coaching or whatever it is, creating a safe space for yourself to be heard by someone that is safe. And when you do that, it just allows you even more freedom to say even more. And I think that's always a really great place to start. And as you get stronger and you feel more confident in who you are, then, you know, there are a thousand ways to share your story, whether it be through podcast or writing blogs or your book or speaking, or I mean, you can go on and on and on um, sharing your stories with your friends, your coworkers. I mean, the list can go on and on and on, but I think it's just really important to evaluate where you are and what you're ready for as you go. But starting small, I think is a really smart place to start. I lo really love what you said, because first of all, the sharing through journaling, I think it releases a lot of, uh, you know, the uh, excess emotions that are around it. So obviously kind of, we bring the two sides of the brain together, but there's also this aspect of talking where I can hear myself and, you know, um, it's different when you journal, then you talk and yeah. you hear your own voice. And when, as it shows up, it create it starts getting power when you voice it yeah. and you know you you get used to your own voice and you're hearing yourself and you modify the way you say it I've, I've noticed people you know first the first time they say things they're like still shying away or getting afraid or you know their voice is shaking and then by the second third fourth time like you could see this shrink yeah. through your voice and then, you know, having somebody to hear it that accepts it and mirrors it, and then it gets stronger and stronger. And I think that really helps to bring strength into vulnerability or strength around the vulnerability. Almost exactly. like we, are, we are holding the strength around our own vulnerability, not necessarily that we'll say, you know, the vulnerability needs to change. I think it when the strength is around it, then it protects us. Like, it's like we yeah. protect ourselves regardless of what actually happens out there I love um, that. so it's uh it's important for uh, for us actually to hear our own vulnerable side and honor it and then uh, protect it you talk yeah. a lot about forgiveness mm -hmm. who did you need to forgive myself <laughs> for um, not being true to myself and Looking back, I remember being in a situation where I was having a conversation with these two Baptist um, ministers, and they were talking to me about the sin of being gay and that I was going to burn in hell and, you know, giving me the whole spill. And I was really young at the time, and I just remember kind of like sinking into the pew and being very, you know, church and just shutting off. 
And we got to the end of the conversation, or I guess you should say like the end of the, you know, they're, they're preaching to me. And they said, so are you still in a relationship with a woman? And at the time I was, and I remember lying and saying no, because I, I really just needed to get out of the conversation. But looking back, I wish I had been in a place where I could have said yes. And the, the not being true to myself and not being able to just say who I am or what I want or what I need, those indiscretions have been the hardest for me to deal with. And that's the thing that has pushed me forward in choosing myself and wanting to just be real so that I'm not stuffing who I am. And so that's that's been a really big part of forgiveness for me is really forgiving myself for not just being true to myself. And I know it's been a process and I, I honor that. But as I was going through the process, that was the hard thing for me when I just didn't have that courage to just be okay. in that moment when somebody said, Hey, is that who, who's that woman? <laughs> you know, like, why couldn't I just introduce her as my wife, you know, or why couldn't I just hold her hand when I wanted to those kinds of things. Um, but more than that, it's, uh, you know, who I am spiritually, it's who I am as a person and just not being authentic in any area are the things that I have most struggled with around forgiveness and the thing that has pushed me forward. Not to say there hasn't been relationships that have needed forgiving. There have been people that have needed forgiving and things that I've had to work through. Um, and that has been a big part of it. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of aspects of forgiveness to talk about. Can you forgive others for not having the ability uh, or choosing uh, not to accept. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've I've learned that art over the years, um, just in being here. And I think one of the things that has helped me do that is being able to be myself fully and express myself vulnerably. That is the thing that detaches me from anyone else's perception or anyone else's judgment or anyone else's lack of acceptance. I am so okay with where anyone stands. If I'm able to just put myself out there and I, I see that now all these years later, like that's the thing that detaches me the most is when I show up, most people will show up with me, but if they don't, I'm so okay with that because I showed up. So yes, that's, that's the way I see it is, is through my own vulnerability. That is the thing that has given me the strength to detach from anyone's opinion or anyone's lack of acceptance. Right. I know for me, it came with age, which was like, you know what? It's okay. If you don't like all that I do, yeah. there are areas of me, I am who I am. And, right. you know, um, and as long as I'm okay, I can as long as I can be on integrity and I can take a stand for a value or a behavior that I do that I think it's right. Yeah. Um, then it's okay. If, you know, if you don't approve of me, but the other side of it was also, I think Megan is like, you know what? You're not a threat to me and I'm not a threat to you. Like I don't want harm for you and yeah. you're not a threat to me. 
even yeah. you might, you know, you don't want any behavior that I do. Mm -hmm. I think that also has helped this concept of yeah. um, like separation from um, the toxicity of the judgments, whether it was mine toward them or them toward me, right? Because right. that's how it feels. Like if I feel threatened by somebody judging me, we automatically as a human being judge them back. You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> So it's like, all right, I can't control their judgment, but can I control my judgment toward them? And it's like, all right, I'll accept you, but you don't accept all that I do. Uh, right. And I probably, you know, won't like a lot of stuff that you do, but it's okay. Like, you know, we could be different in in who we are. Right. And um, I think that probably allows a little bit more of that process of forgiveness. Yeah. Kind of like flourish in a sense and be there. Right. So as you have come to your strength, um, how is life different for you with your wife and your uh, daughter? And uh, how does ha how do any of that has changed your perspective in the in the community you live as far as areas of your life? So your you know your um, home life. Uh, relationship and family structure you've kind of gained and said this is my family structure how does this now affect for example your role in the community your role in your work in you know your career finances um, social setting and all of it as you've come to kind of like you know a space in uh, kind of a centered space within yourself it affects everything I feel centered in all of those areas so it's just one one they all run together for me they run together you know i feel when i go into my community or you know doing a speaking engagement or um uh, a social event or you know i'm interacting it's just i am so secure in who i am that i just i'm just me now mm -hmm. and and that feels really good where for so long i just felt like i wanted to run and hide and so I have completely transformed that part of me. I, I think I used to be very much an introvert and now I'm like, I can't wait to see people. <laughs> um, so that part of me has really changed. Um, and in my work, I'm at the top of my career right now. I am flourishing and I just, I love every day of everything I do in my work, except paperwork that can get a little bit old. Um, but <laughs> taxes, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, I really do love my work. I feel very centered in that. I feel very centered in who I am. And in my relationship with my wife and my daughter, she's four, so she can be very challenging sometimes, but it just pushes me. It pushes me to be even better of a person. And so I just I adore my home and my family. And I just feel very lucky, honestly. You know, I have a really great relationship with my parents. And I mean, again, we have our challenges, but we work through them. And I feel like I'm just surrounded by people who will work through things with me. I don't feel alone. And when something hard comes up, I feel like I can talk about it and we can work through it together. And so I've worked really hard to surround myself with those kinds of relationships. And so um, anyway, yeah, I think one affects the other and that when it comes down to, to all of the aspects of my life, I think there's definitely a central centered feeling. Beautiful. Yeah. Health and free everyone coming out of your story by Megan Onan. Um, Megan, anything that um, 
you want to share specifically, whether it's with the LGBTQ community, um, someone who's trying to share and um, come, you know, share their vulnerabilities, or someone in, um, you know, um, the heterosexual community, or just people that you that are listening, um, that you really want to share, and we haven't touched upon as as we've talked, uh, there are points that you you want them to know. Yeah, I think I kind of have like this three step process of of owning. Um, yourself or, you know, coming into yourself. And the first one is owning your story. We've talked about that, you know, really getting, being okay with what your stories have been and who you are and actually getting into that part of um, acceptance, I guess, you know, self-acceptance of what your journey has been so far. And I think telling your stories is a very good way to do that. And then the second part is share, sharing, beginning to share those with other people in whatever format you feel comfortable with. And then using that to then jump to connecting and connecting with others and actually surrounding yourself with a supportive environment of people who know who you are, love who you are, and it's reciprocated and really building that connection to self and your community. So own, share, connect is kind of that three-step process that, that I think is a really powerful one to go through. Um, just, for coming into yourself and coming into self-acceptance and living in a more authentic and vulnerable way. Yes, absolutely. I think there's an uh, um, acceptance of what reality looks like. We had a conversation with, I was lecturing yesterday and this was a conversation that showed up again, actually was um, especially in some communities, you know, I come from a Middle Eastern community, which has a lot of still biases. Mm-hmm when it comes to the lgbtq and part of our conversation was it was asked um, as i was lecturing like how do we create that kind of an acceptance um and i remember talking to one of my great great friend and um um she's part of the community of the lgbtq and she says you know i I uh, support the day that we don't call it acceptance and tolerance and somehow we call it indifference because it's just, it is, it just, yeah. you know, I love that, you know, it's like, we don't have to have a conversation and an issue. It's just is. And I agree. Yeah, you know, and yesterday as, um, as I was sharing, it was like, you know what, if you look at facts, the facts are that there is this, there's all of it. There's fluidity. There's all of that is around, you know, I was talking yeah. to, um, I was talking to a cardiologist, which he had to um, get a genetic test from this this woman who was around fifty years of age, and he fa- he found out by the genetic test that he this this woman was actually a male by chromosomes. Oh wow! At age fifty, had to give not the issue of you know whether you have cancer or genetic cancer or not was not the issue anymore. It was like surprise! <laughs> wow. You you are actually want another gender, and you've been living, you know, and expressing yourself as this gender throughout these years, and you know, talking to so many people, which is like there's this fluidity of we're just different, and it's okay yeah. whether right. it's our identity or orientation or preferences or however you look at it, it's just we're different, and and it's okay to be different. Um, 
and we're so similar on so many other layers that you can focus like what you said at the beginning can we just focus on one difference or can we focus that we're all different some way and we yeah. usually connect you know friendships and communities usually connect on similarities they don't connect on differences exactly every one of us can connect somehow with each other from one angle and honor our differences from different places yeah. So it's this, you know, this um, uh, maybe expansion mm -hmm. that creates that inclusivity, which is, yeah, you know, every one of us somehow are different and then so many similarities and um, how can I honor both necessarily? And then I think that yeah. might hold us in a place of being curious and and excited about exactly going, you know yeah and storytelling is such a great way to do that you know you hear somebody's story and you're just sucked in and you just want to know about their experience and then your world is blown and your mind is blown because they've let you in and then you're open to sharing and so that's why that's why I love to talk about storytelling because it's one of the it's a, such a powerful art to to do exactly what you're talking about is like just being okay with whatever you know I had a friend of my a really close friend of mine I grew up with the other day she came to tell me that her son came out to her and this new generation coming up it's just it's not as big of a deal for them it's like why do we have to come out? It's so silly, you know, like, why can't we just show up with our girlfriend or our boyfriend at the next family function and it'd be okay. And I think we're heading that way. I really do. I mean, I, I see it happening with this new generation where they're just, they don't want to make a big announcement because it's just no big deal to them, you know, and that's just, that's how it all should be is just show up, be yourself. And, and that's and, it. And it is, it's just, yeah. it's, it is. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like where can people find you Megan um the easiest place is on my website meganonan.com m-e-a-g-a-n-o-n-a-n.com and everything is there beautiful any last parting words oh thank you for the conversation I really enjoyed it me too thank you so yeah. much for the time you allowed with us and for all of you who are out there create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you and until next week bye-bye